music, news, interviews, live events, and more. Welcome to the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Hey, it's Matt Pinfield and it's the Hivecast. And I'm sitting here with Chaz, who you also know as uh, Toro Imoy, which is uh, the new record's called uh, Anything in Return. Fact. Yeah. But uh, Chaz, good to have you here, man. You yeah, were, it's good to be here. You were coming from Philadelphia. You drove straight into New York City yeah. from Philly from this show that you just did there. Um, tell me about uh, growing up in South Carolina. So were you from Columbia itself then? Columbia proper. Yeah, I'd say so. Some might say I'm from the suburbs, which is true. So it's like, it's a small college town, so it's not, it isn't a big difference from the suburbs to downtown, really. It's just kind of just small town. So um, being there, it's it's not too much going on. It's like... Either you hang out at your house or someone else's house. Kind of Pretty thing. much is it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the new record. And uh, where did, did you record that uh, down at home? Or where did you record it? Yeah, I recorded it in San Francisco at different first studios. Oh, so you went out to San Francisco to do it. Yeah, I live yeah. out there now. And it just kind of happened. I met the guys there at that studio a few years back. And we just kept in touch. And so I told them next time I, I work on an album, I'll, I'll hit you up. It's cool. So you went in there and, and, and laid everything out. How long did yeah. it take you to, to finish this record? Was it? It's kind of scattered, but combined, it's about two to three months. Yeah. Uh, total work. But I, I mean, like there was two weeks of studio session time. You're talking about over spread out. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Was that because of touring or just in the process of writing? Yeah, just the process, and just because I wasn't touring, I was just kind of relaxing at the same time too. So, just trying to. Have a life for a second and, uh, you know, go grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. Well, San Francisco's a great town. Yeah. I could see how you'd want to move there from Columbia. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so how long have you lived there now? Like, what was the thing that made you go out, out west there? Was, uh, was just it to music? be with my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, really? That's, yeah, it's that good. Works. So, uh, that, and that was one of the main themes. The themes of the album was, like, living with someone for the first time and also moving out of your hometown for the first time. I just sort of felt like that was, like, uh, something that I felt like writing about. Well, because you, and you you were living it, you know. Yeah. And um, so, being that you're you know you're living with your girlfriend out there now, so do you ever run your songs by her? Do you, yeah. Like do you do you kind of bounce them off her before you? Yeah. It's them? it's kind of uh, inevitable just to just be like, hey, come check this out. She walks into the studio or something. Yeah, I'm always down for feedback, and I'm always showing the band some tracks before they're done or something, and it's always good to just have you know, a quick little critique before you take it to the studio or something and finalize it. Yeah. Uh, you know, tell me about the video clips that you've yeah. done because there's, the, what's the most recent one that you did? Uh, Say That. Yeah, Say That. It's really cool. I mean, Thanks. it's just, it's an interesting clip. Tell me, uh, did a friend of yours do that for you or who ended up? Yeah, uh, they're friends of mine. Um, I guess they, they, they became friends through the video shoot, but I contacted them. They're these two guys called the Harrys. Both of them named Harry and Harry. So they're Harry and Harry? Or yeah. Harry? Yeah, really? <laughs> and they go by the Harrys. Uh, and they, they both direct and they write the, the treatment. And so, yeah, they have like this really good design aesthetic and they have a good eye for just like these cinematic shots. And they have the same tastes and colors as I do. And so I was just really attracted to their stuff. So they have this one treatment where I was just in the woods singing not even to the camera sometimes, not even looking that part at the was cool. Like when you're looking, you're looking off, yeah. That was striking, I think. <laughs> that was very cool, you know. Yeah, it was kind of different. It had like a, a weird Twin Peaks vibe or something, yeah. But uh, 
don't know. I think that they did a really good job. Are there, you know, are there any film directors that you like that if you had the opportunity to do some soundtrack or scoring work yourself? Because I'm, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite soundtracks is the soundtrack from Me, You, and Everyone We Know, the Miranda July film. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I feel bad because it's one of my favorite soundtracks. But the soundtrack from that movie is like so like innocent sounding and poppy and catchy, and there's a lot of good stuff on there. But yeah, she's she's someone that I look. I really would hope to work with one day. It's just she has a good eye as well. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. I think you should do something like that. Um, the chill wave thing. Now right. you feel in a lot of ways because obviously there there was, yeah. there was this big buzz on about that. But how do you feel about that now? I mean, you've you've expanded quite a bit. Yeah, I've I'm flattered to be a part of it. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's very cool. Yeah, I can't. Um, I don't know if this is right to say, but I don't know if Tori Ma would have gotten this far if I wasn't considered part of that. Um, genre so it's pretty cool to be lumped in with that or thrown in with that just because it sort of elevated me to where I am sort of like now I guess. yeah um, it sounds cheesy I'm not gonna lie and it's <laughs> it's a little weird sounding to hear at first but I guess I oh can, you mean the, na- the name the name yeah. yeah it's pretty uh <laughs> it's a weird sound <laughs> but so is uh, so is new wave and yeah. rock and roll you're right yeah new wave <laughs> You know, I remember when that was kind of the post-punk ex- expression for it, for yeah. kind of everything. Yeah, you know, that was out at that period of time in the late nineteen seventies and early nineteen eighties. Um, so, tell me about some of the people. Who were you listening to when you were when you were a young kid, Chaz? Who were the people that you liked? Who were some of your favorite? Yeah, I, uh, records. Well, I didn't really gain my own musical taste until I was about twelve, maybe like middle school. Um, that's when I was really into Weezer. And um, the Beach Boys. That's pretty much what I was listening to. That that and the Godzilla soundtrack. So that soundtrack. But that yeah, soundtrack. And it makes sense that you liked Weezer and the Beach Boys too because there's definitely some similarities there. Yeah. The I first mean, time I saw them tour that Blue album, okay. I heard there was, there was, I was hearing a lot of Beach Boys in some of the songs. That were, yeah, so I totally especially like that. Buddy Holly. Yeah. Um, I saw Weezer on the Green Album tour. That was awesome. Yeah. I was a sophomore a great, in high school. That's a great record too. Yeah. You know, uh, and then in high school, I listened to a lot of more indie rock, more like Pixies and the Strokes and the Sex Pistols and the Ramones, and sort of had that went through that era of music. I really didn't get into R and B and hip hop until like my college years. So was pretty- there something? Did you go to? Did you actually go to school in Columbia? Yeah, so I did. Yeah, I went there, to the University yeah. of South Carolina, and I don't know what it was. It was more just I think mostly me getting deeper into electronic music and messing with sampling sort of opened my my ears to new things so for a while i mean like i remember before like when even when i was in high school like dance music was just kind of like i wasn't into it at all really it's just kind of i just didn't get it um it was really like a a spiritual yeah there's like a spiritual thing it was just like i get it i love dance music it's kind of like this crazy drug it's a good feeling to have that that happened to me again when I was doing Underneath the Pine, and I found about about like soundtrack music and library funk. It was just like mind yeah. changing. What kind of stuff were you were you referencing at that point? I mean, were for you, Underneath the Pine, yeah, a lot of like Italian spaghetti western composers like uh, Piero Mugliani and yeah. um, some French guys like Francis yeah. Lay. 
It's amazing. The, uh, the the spaghetti western stuff is just great. It's good. It's funky, too. Did you like the the uh, record that Danger Mouse did with uh, Daniel Lupe? They they made that record together. I heard I heard a little bit of it. Yeah, it sounded cool. It was it was interesting because it was Jack White and Nora Jones doing the vocals on it, you know? Okay, yeah. Jack White's on that? Yeah. Okay. Which is pretty cool. But those so soundtracks are great. There's just so there's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh that you know you can you hear on those those Italian yeah. film soundtracks, right? <laughs> there's some great stuff. It's just the what I like the most out of those composers is that they they would have the same chord progression and same melody within that song and Say if there was like a fighting scene, they would just change it to be like darker by adding like heavy strings. Yeah, more say, to it, layering it. Right? Yeah, but say there was a love scene, they would just use the same exact song, same melody, but just have it just be piano. So it was just like, I found that really interesting and I really wanted to sort of adopt that technique in a way. Yeah, the technique and use that in, so it actually is kind of really telling a story in the record. Right, you know? like underneath all of the... I guess arrangements, they're good songs. And at the end of the day, that's what it's got to be about anyway, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be about, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's about having great songs. Um, what was some of the first equipment that you bought? What were some, what were some of the first? Uh, my first recording gear was actually like this Tascam four-track cassette recorder. So one of the old school, like Tascam uh, four-track yeah. cassette recorders, which people don't realize it records <laughs> across the whole thing. So it's not like... You can turn it over the mm. cassette. It records right. on all four tracks. Right. So you, you know? can't you turn it you turn the tape over and everything's in reverse. Yes. Or two tracks in reverse. And so like I was uh working with that for the longest time for, for about four years until I got like a digital one. Did you buy was it a used one that you you bought off? It was for my birthday. My parents got me a four track. That's cool. That's what I asked for. And, uh, See, that's a great present because look, it sets you on your path, you know. Seriously, I mean? they're like okay, I guess that's what you want. Yeah. So. That was very cool. Yeah, they're, they've always been pretty, uh, really supportive, actually, so it's nice. And for my graduation, from my high school graduation, uh, I asked for a digital one. That's what I got. And uh, yeah, so from when, when I went digital, that was like a, a whole new game. It was like... A whole just, new way to record. I could just add forever. Yeah. Um, I had so many tracks, and so... Were you bouncing tracks on the other four I, tracks? I right? tried bouncing. It just degraded the, <laughs> the sound quality, the quality yeah. to where it was just like, <laughs> might as well not... And so, from the digital recorder, that's where I started buying microphones, different effects pedals, and just trying, just nerding out, really. Yeah. Well, was there anything in particular that you'd heard on someone else's record or by a producer you like mm. that made you want to go get a certain microphone yeah. or certain things? Tell me. Um, I think it was the Soft Bulletin by oh, Flaming, Flaming Lips. Lips. Yeah. Yeah. That was that album. I was obsessed with that album in high school just because of the the layers it had. Yeah. It, it just kind of. It opened up my my mind again, and it was just kind of like, did they get this orchestra or something? And for a while, I figured out it was just all keyboards and samples and stuff. Yeah. But it sounded like an orchestrated band. It was crazy. So that was a big album for me too. Yeah, it's a great record. It's uh, it's wild now. Like you know, just during the Super Bowl, there was yeah. a commercial for the Flaming Lips, and I saw I missed the, that one. It's funny because you saw I saw the ball rolling, and I'm like, boy, that reminds me of Flaming Lips when Wayne gets up there. And you're crossing over the crowd. Next thing you know, there's a van going down the highway, and it says "Flaming Lips" on the well, side of it. Okay. So I was seeing seeing the lips go into the mainstream. Yeah, I missed the Super Bowl actually. Oh, I watched like <laughs> some of it. Um, we were on, we were on tour, so just trying to watch bits of it here and there. If you you know you should, uh, I think they're actually giving 
the Flaming Lips commercial away on their website as a free download. You should look at it. It's pretty Oh, fun. did they have yeah. like a, an exclusive song for the commercial? Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is pretty That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the, the Super Bowl, that show was crazy. The Beyonce thing, I watched that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty intense. It was intense. <laughs> it blew out the power, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing, too. That was kind of crazy. crazy. We, were, we were in New Orleans like two days after that. It was just crazy there. It's the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. Um, you started a band with two of your other friends mm-hmm. uh, when you were, you know, in your early teens, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, Is, that was called Taxi Chaps. That was like my first high school band, and that one, it was cool. It was more like a post-punk type, uh, at the drive-in, Weezer-inspired band. And then after that, we did the Heist and the Accomplice, and then that was more, I guess, indie rock. And so. At the same time, I was doing Toro, and then Toro and Juan took off. Yeah. Are we excited about how it's <laughs> taken off for you? Because it's, yeah. uh, it's amazing, and so many different people have wanted to collaborate with you. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, things have been going really well. Who are some of the people that um, that have been asking you about collaborations recently that you, you think you'd like to work with? Um, I recently like tweeted at Solange Knowles. Yeah. And I was joking. I was like, Hey, yo, I'm a producer, you know what I'm saying? I make beats, yeah, like in a fake producer voice. Yeah. And she <laughs> replied, yo, I'm a singer, hit me up. <laughs> and so I was like, what? <laughs> so maybe I could work with her. She would be awesome because she makes really awesome music and I, I really like her songs. She's really nice too. Yeah, I've never even met her, but I could tell from her tweet that she seems like a nice yeah. person. Um, And then, of course, there's like tons of, I, I'm down to work with like any rapper, really. I'd like to make hip-hop beats and sort of push that out there. Just to give it a try, really. Um, anyone, really. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be down to give it a try. Yeah, I noticed that you've done a, a, quite a bit of remixes for other people yeah. as well. Like Cut Copy and oh, yeah. and that English band from Manchester, The Long Cut. I, was, uh, I thought that was cool that you did that because uh, yeah. I bought a single of theirs a few years back yeah. called A Quiet Life, I think it was called. It was yeah. an EP. And I thought they were cool. They had a very New Order-esque yeah. kind of vibe to them, being from the same town there. How did you end up doing working with them and Cut Copy? I guess when I was first starting out back in like 2010, when you start getting a lot of buzz, um, especially nowadays, you get a lot of remix requests. And I guess that's just sort of a, a good way for bands to, you know, broaden their fan bases through remixes. And so I got a good bit of those. And, you know, they just sort of just came to me. So I said, yeah. Um, but I think through the years, I sort of like wisened up a little bit and I've purposely been more selective about that just because the more selective you are, the more exclusive and the more desirable sort of, you know, whatever. Yeah, I know. But it's just, it's just fun to remix in general too. So it's, it's just a good way to practice. Yeah. How old were you when you first did your first remix when you started playing around with it? Oh, I guess I was 22, uh, 2000. I can't. Oh, I'm 26 now. So, yeah. So, do the math. <laughs> but that's cool. That's that's really great, actually. But yeah, I'm trying to slowly uh, put myself out there with collaborations. Just with the album coming out and everything, and the tour uh, being in full effect, it's hard to sort of do that right now. But definitely, when tour's over, I'm gonna try to do some more remixes, hopefully, and some more uh, just like production stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah. Is, is there a wish list of like? Living or dead artist that you would you'd love to work with or have had the opportunity to work with. Man, my wish list. 
Yeah, Arthur Russell, I guess, would be my my number one pick. Arthur Russell and David Byrne. I would love to just like write a song with David Byrne. You probably could do that at some point. I mean, he seems a, really a great open. Guy. He seems really open to collaborations. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and he did that album with St. Vincent too, right? right? So, I went and saw that concert. It was. It was How'd awesome. you like it? It was great. Yeah, they're both great. He's so smart. I I like really look up to him. He's uh, to me, he's like a, truly a New York City legend. You know, I mean, came yeah. out of that whole CB scene, but really the band grew and changed over yeah. the years. Talking Heads and and the solo work and stuff he did with Eno, right? Yeah, My Life in the Bush of Ghosts mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. I don't know. I think the way he goes about things, especially with getting more commercial success, he's really smart about how he, uh, I don't know, just maintains his fan base and his integrity, and just he's still cool no matter how big he gets. Yeah, it's really awesome. <laughs> and you have another project too, right? It's called What's in? Size. What? Oh, Size of Chaz. Size of Chaz. Yeah, yeah. that one is a. Uh, that's like a weirder project of mine where I just it's like stream of consciousness stuff. Like? Yeah, I just sort of freestyle <laughs> sing and just. <laughs> I mean, it's not as refined as Toro Ema, and it's not necessarily accessible. It's sometimes weird on purpose, and I think that's just—it's just just my outlet for uh, being weird and not having to feel like I need to make pop music or something. Yeah. So in other words, it doesn't have to have that. Yeah, I don't have to hurt the structure thing, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, have you been? Do you ever perform that out as well? I mean, do you? No, no. I I give it out occasionally on like CDRs on tour. Yeah, but that's about it. And then there's lessons, just like a dance project of mine, and I'm actually trying to get that going a little bit more, just because um, there's just a little bit of buzz generating around that too. So I thought I might as well pick it back up. Where do you see dance music going at this point? Um, I don't know. That's a hard. That's a really hard question. Um. Because right now it's about as loud as it can get, <laughs> yeah, and and as compressed as it can get. So I don't know where it can either go back, you know, to analog gear yeah. or something, and like people are just going to be revivalists of like eighties house or something, yeah. or it's just going to get even bigger than what it is now. I don't, I can't even imagine. But you know, like when I first heard, I don't know, like when I heard like Fat Boy Slim, I was like, this is so like this is big sounding or something, you know? And it's like, that was in the 90s. And then now when you hear stuff now, it's just like even bigger. It's crazy. It just it sounds... Un- it's just like, it sounds... I don't, I'm don't. i so amazed at how things are being processed now. Who do you like, uh, speaking of um, dance music? I really like uh, Motor City Drum Ensemble. Yeah. They're from uh, the UK, or he is from the UK. And then um, I really like Floating Points. Yeah. Uh, and Daphne, Fortet. The UK pretty much has a lockdown on dance music. It's cool, isn't it? There's there's always been a lot of great stuff coming from over there, even like you yeah. Know. And in the states, you know, we have um, Kyle Hall, yeah, uh, a lot of good Detroit stuff. Yeah, Detroit always had a great yeah. Chicago house scenes too back in the day. You know, yeah. There's always it's always been very productive. A lot of cool people coming out of there. Yeah. Um, what do you think about artists having to depend so much on the internet these days? Do you wish it was a different way, or how do you how do you feel about that? Every once in a while, I'm like thinking about, oh, well, yeah, that advance would be nice one day or or something. But it doesn't bother me. It, I think with the internet now, you're able to spread your everything, your your videos, your music, your merch, all through the internet. And it's good to have that as a tool. But a lot of artists now are trying to have a meme of some sorts. And it's just trying to go viral. And that's not the, the way to go about it, I think. Um, 
going viral is not necessarily using the internet as a tool, as, as more as like a, a crutch. So it has its pros and cons. Yeah. But I, I really like how Tori and Ma just sort of just snowballed. It snowballed, didn't yeah. It really, yeah. So that's it's pretty cool. Um, is there anybody else that you would recommend that we check out or that our listeners oh, man. you really like right now? Oh, that's a pop-up question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Been, <laughs> I've been listening to uh, Julian Lynch a bunch. Yeah. Um, he's from New Jersey, I want to say. And uh, his music is, is really amazing. He's kind of like this um, prodigy, not the band. <laughs> yeah. He's like the just like multi-instrumentalist and can just write these awesome, uh, beautiful songs. It's definitely worth checking out. Julian Lynch. Yeah, that sounds great. Do you know where in Jersey he's from? Or? I think uh, the one that's right across, the, I'm not familiar. Like with. Jersey City Hoboken? I think something like that, like yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, another band is uh, this kid, or this guy by the name of Mac DeMarco. Have you heard him? Yeah, I have, yeah. I really like his album too. It's really great. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. What are what are some of your fa- favorite places to uh, to play? What cities do you love? Uh, I really enjoy playing San Francisco. Yeah, just California. They definitely connect with a lot of the music in general, and I think that they're always into like everything from dance to hip hop to. Uh, so California, I really enjoy playing all of those cities, and even the big metro cities on the East Coast, like New York. It's just the big cities are like, everyone gets it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How is it back home when you go uh, back to Columbia? Did you people, did you find a... No, I'm, I'm actually pretty uh, normal when I go back to Columbia. It's just like, everyone just says, hey, and that's it. And it's pretty cool. Did they come out and see you play there? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. We played in Charleston, South Carolina, not too long ago. And it was awesome to see like faces I haven't... It's, it's getting to that point where... New ears are coming in, and people from your from your home area, yeah. town and they're discovering you, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, like you said, it's a college town, so there's you know there's, there's always been music in that area. Too. Right. Yeah. Had you ever thought about doing like DJing in college too, like DJing at yeah, like, college I, station or oh, there, or any of like, that? I, I try. I almost did a DJ at the college station, uh, but I just sort of just like opted out. And decided um, to do your own music. Yeah, I was just like, it's kind of like a lot of time investment, uh, investing. And so, I don't know. I definitely support college radio. It's, it's such a good thing. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but like in the UK and stuff, they don't have college radio. I, mean, I know. It's just like, they, that B- was my Like BBC One through Six, That's right? all they have, yeah. And I was just like, geez. Like, so like going over there and like realizing that really made me notice how much I was taking for granted like college radio. It's really cool that you know kids should support it. So yeah, really I agree. I mean, I, that's how I started doing the whole college right. radio thing, and yeah. it's, you know, so many great. Well, my people. whole band actually was there. All three of them were college DJs. Where? Where in San Fran or where? No, at um University of South Carolina. Oh, really? At WSC. So, yeah, all the guys are from home then. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're all friends, and we've all played in bands together, and um, yeah, since we all knew how each other played, and we had that sort of chemistry already, so, like, the band worked really well. That's great. Have you uh, have you heard your record on the radio down there? I have. Yeah. I've heard it on like outside of college radio down there. It's pretty cool. That's really cool, right? Yeah. That's awesome. Chaz, thanks so much for coming by. The new album is Anything in Return. Toro Imoy. 
This has been the Hivecast with Matt Pinfield. For all things music, news, interviews, live events, and more, go to mtvhive.com.